Hello and welcome to Kinoiko's episode 304. I'm your host, Mike Apps, aka Wheels, and with me as always. Uh, H Detective of the Special Support Squad, David Bernie, Fanboy Master. And Gaijin probably not going to be able to make it this week. Yeah, some some scheduling issues, but well, swings and roundabouts. We'll get it. Right. We'll get it ironed out. Yeah. Uh, before we talk about literally anything, I really <laughs> want to talk about the new Tears of the Kingdom trailer that dropped today. Yeah, as of recorded, it came out today. So you know, use that to determine how late Wheels put up the episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so so far, we've got mostly vague trailers and then you know we had the whole gameplay demo which was neat but i feel like this is the most significant trailer they have released so far because like every second of that thing had all kinds of stuff like hey that's absolutely ganondorf right there (laughs) it is the trailer they released to silence anyone saying that it looked like a dlc yes (laughs) um yeah, no, this this ain't no fucking DLC. <laughs> like, there's things, there's parts in there where it's like, are these, is that just straight up a dungeon? Yeah, and there's like just stuff you didn't really do in Breath of the Wild. Not that it was impossible by the mechanics, but there was never anything that caused it. Just set pieces you wouldn't have seen in Breath yeah. of the Wild. Like f- gliding down through a bunch of lasers. What the fuck is that? Oh yeah, that was great. Uh, they they did they showed a lot of like there was like one point where you're sort of gliding through like a canyon that looked like yeah that did not look like anything I'd seen in Breath of the Wild. Yeah, there's a lot of weird ancient robots. Yeah, as uh, as as is fitting. <laughs> some kind of weird creature that looked like a dinosaur person or something in, in a few seconds in there. Yeah, there's some uh, there's unfamiliar elf ladies. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all the, not the champions, but like the, the new generation of champions are all in this game. Champions, the new generation. Yes. Uh, which are all fun characters. So that's cool. Uh, more weird vehicles you can make. Like there's one scene where Link's like chasing a big, like robotic platform with moblins or something on top of it with like a makeshift robot of his own. (laughs) (laughs) Like what? There's a lot of seeming options for how to tackle some of these yeah. things. Uh, and the one there, there's like a one cool thing right at the beginning of the trailer where somebody like lobs an explosive at Link, and it shows you can use like that rewind ability to just send it right back. <laughs> um, didn't just lots of like weird, just a few seconds of what the hell was that? Some weird robot coming out of a wall or something, and like a weird nightmare monsters and all kinds of stuff. It's wild. Uh, and then a certain the return of a certain dwarf. Yes. Yes, I. I they teased it, and then they just straight up show it. Just interesting. Yeah. So it's exciting times. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of an unprecedented Zelda sequel, to be honest. Like, even the other one that was kind of a direct sequel, Majora's Mask, barely referenced its predecessor very much. And this one obviously has to. <laughs> 
So like, like Majora's uh, Mask was built around like the uncanniness of taking a bunch of stuff from Ocarina of Time and recontextualizing it. And this is like here is an actual direct follow-on from things that were happening, but in very different and strange ways. Yeah. So it's very much uncharted territory for this series. Also, good morning, Fireminer. Morning, Fireminer. Uh, so I am excited. Uh, uh, I, for some reason, got the Grim Grimoire re-release out of curiosity. So I will probably yeah. mess around with that on stream at some point. Yeah, Fireminer asks if anyone's gotten the Grim Grimoire re-release. I yeah. didn't because I don't like RTSs. <laughs> I don't like them a lot, but the idea of one made by... Vanillaware had me curious, and I don't know. I like to support their stuff, so that's but fair. That's if I don't fair. end up liking it and selling it, it's fine. You'll give probably get a profit anyway. Yeah, <laughs> give it a shot. Yeah, uh, I know that one has a cult following, so yeah. that's good that it came back. But yeah, Zelda's. Um, I'm still working on some games to finish before then. Unfortunately, a giant monkey wrench got thrown into my plans. Don't be a uh, monkey wrench. I will be playing some um, Trinity Trigger before it comes out. <laughs> so what's been chopped off uh, of the I think I'll manage to finish it list? Yeah, so, and uh, thank you, Xseed, for giving us some extra some extra codes to those who, of us who demoed it in addition to the actual review copy they sent the site it's yeah, totally red bad. so uh, i can't actually talk about the game until the 24th uh but i will stream it then and we will talk about it uh so what's going to be bumped off the list it's probably going to be um i haven't decided yet <laughs> <laughs> like my initial my initial leaning is like okay so this I'm gonna bump off the action RPG so unfortunately I'm just gonna have to wait a bit to finish that hack but I still got a lot of Dragon Quest left so yeah the funniest thing about that is that like I I don't think there is anything less achievable given the time you have than finishing DQ eleven a hundred percent so. <laughs> I'm probably going to just delay that because at this point I don't want to rush through the end of that game. So I feel like if uh, just that that just wouldn't be good. So I'll probably try and just finish that hack. So mm. just clearing some stuff, trying to clear stuff off my list. I just finally cleared Trails in the Sky off my list after months ago being like First I'm near the end of the game. And I yeah. was and wasn't at the same time. <laughs> You'd be happy There's to know. A... Trails games do not end quickly. No. But you'll be happy to know I did not start second chapter on hard. I'm playing in a normal. Yes, that is that does make me happy. Yes. And <laughs> I feel like the reason that keeps happening is just like a side effect of there being too many really easy turn-based RPGs in recent years, and I'm trying to overcompensate. But I really should not be doing that with Falcom games. Trail, trails games can definitely show their teeth, especially at boss fights. Yeah. So. 
So I'm going to try not to do that for any of the Trails games going forward. I'm going to start a normal. If it seems too easy, um, well, I'll kind of be screwed because I don't think <laughs> any of them let you change the difficulty mid-game. It's, it's fine. You'll, you'll definitely run into at least one or two fights that really show their teeth. It'll be yeah. fine. Yeah, so that's that. That's what I've been playing. Uh, I've been... Um, can't talk about one game I've been playing, but I've been trying to um, make some progress in Dragon Quest XI um, and have not really made it any, that, any further, but I am now back in control of my main character. So, yeah. Back in control of your character, lost control of your life. That's how things go. Yeah. Oh, Ken Dancer. Hell yeah. Somehow an even bigger spectacle than Strider, but doesn't feel that much, uh, that much better to play. Yeah, it's just a really neat game. It has great art direction. For those who don't know, Cannon Dancer slash Osman, a game by the Mitchell Corporation, from the guy who directed the uh, the original arcade Strider, uh, just recently got its first proper home port, and it's awesome. You should play it. Uh <laughs> It's somehow harder than the original Strider, so huh. maybe maybe keep that in mind. It's got kind of a uh, a cyberpunk Middle Eastern style, which is a really unique look. Recommended. Uh, but yeah, so so mostly DQ, some remnant for you. Uh, anything else? Uh, so this is about it, other than some Destiny stuff. Um, mm -hmm. It's Grandmaster Nightfall week, so I've been bashing my head against us. Hey, Joe. Hello. Hello. I'm... Hello. Follow me. Okay. Wait. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate you catching that one. Um... Let's see. So, what have you been playing, Joe? Did you get a better microphone or something? I did. Wow. Your voice sounds so crisp and clear. Hellish. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, anyways, um, what have I been playing? Well, I was playing some Resident Evil 4 Remake. Hell yeah. Um, I think I just beat... Chapter six. Seems like a third so, of the way through the game. Yeah, so there was I did the house with Lewis. The cabin fight, hell yeah. And then the big dude was chasing me and I quote died unquote four times because he grabbed Ashley and it was instant game over. Yeah, you need to just you didn't just bolt when that happens. Yeah. So I think I just got past that part. Uh, yesterday, and then today I just jumped in and just did a quick round of mercenaries, and it was a lot of fun. Oh, the mercenaries is super fun. Yeah. So now I'm just waiting on the new graphics card I just ordered, so I can maybe finally turn on ray tracing without the game crashing or dropping to unplayable frame rates. We'll see. <laughs> and I was playing. Elden Ring, I mentioned that a few times that I jumped back into that on PC. 
-hmm. And that's another thing where I think I want to wait till the new card comes to play that some more and and see if I can get better frame rates with the ray tracing. See what you get out of it, yeah. Um, and then I tried to play Pokemon Stadium today. Why? That's that's really not a game that functions without being able to bring your own Pokemon into exactly. it. Exactly. It was not I'm fun. I'm hopeful that this that they might get ambitious and potentially put some of the Pokemon games onto the Game Boy service and allow you to transfer them from there, but that would be emulationally extremely ambitious, so we'll see. See Nintendo doing that, no. They've done you. there's hooks in the emulators to do some strange things like that. Okay. Yeah, I so... mean they they had when they had um like red and blue on the 3ds you could actually like transfer your pokemon off of those you transfer them to sun and moon yeah oh okay. uh, so it's not yeah. unheard of and there's like people have found hooks in the emulators to like allow games to detect being move uh connecting to games that are not the same game and that sort of thing which is a relatively uh rare thing so it's not impossible given what they've seemed to be doing with it but it is one of those things where it's like Here's to hoping because it would make Pokemon Stadium a lot more playable since the rental Pokemon have bad movesets. They're awful. <laughs> so I did try to play that and it's like Um Oh, and playing Ghostwire Tokyo because it's finally oh, yeah, the, on Game Pass Game where Pass. it belongs. It's extremely yeah. it's extremely funny that they could not break that exclusivity now that they owned the company, so Yep. Um, so played a little bit of that because I did play a trial on the PS5 a while back, so I was able to just skip all the cutscenes and catch up to where I was, and I'm like, this is a cool game. Like, mm -hmm. it, it's not amazing, but you know what? Like, graphically, it's impressive. Um, I tried it on Series X and PC, and in both cases, they're, it's got a full feature set. I mean, you've got ray tracing, you've got quality modes performance modes it supports fsr and all this other cool stuff and it's like all right this is pretty neat um so i like it so far it's like i feel like i'm playing skyrim in tokyo hmm. and i just have a fireball and a bow and it's like but that's that's fun i don't know it's fun for me so yeah it's one of those things where like uh it sounds like it's kind of an ideal game pass game yeah i think so there's a certain kind of thing where it's like, maybe if you were like hyping yourself up for it and picked it up at seventy dollars, you might be a little disappointed. But like, just as something that's like, oh, oh, let's check this out. Oh, this is actually a lot of fun. Like, you you just carry different yeah. expectations into it. Yeah, I, I go into it with no expectations because it was free. Yeah, and um, that can that can be very beneficial for certain kinds of unassuming games. <laughs> so, I like that so far. Um, I think I. Well, I, I already, on Sunday, I mentioned that before Q&A, no, before shenanigans started, I um, had just beaten Horizon Forbidden West. Mm -hmm. So I know I mentioned that already, and I used the gift card to pre-order the expansion, which comes out, like, next week or something. Yeah. So that's cool. I'm still looking forward to that. Um, although I don't know if I'm going to end up playing it now, because depending on when the new graphics card gets here, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Um, you can stay in this crazy world. 
What? I think... I think that covers all the bases for now. Um, so the new card that I ordered is the NVIDIA RTX 4070, which they didn't officially announce it until the day before it came out, which was mm -hmm. today. What a choice. So <laughs> it, it got leaked like a week ago, but NVIDIA themselves did not actually announce the card until yesterday. And there was no indication of what time, you know, they would go live because there were no listings on any websites. You couldn't pre-order it. Um, so late last night, Best Buy had a listing for just the Founders Edition model. Um, mm -hmm. And it just said coming soon. So this morning when I got out of bed, I just happened to check it and it was like, oh yeah, you can totally buy it now. And I'm like, okay. And there was some extra verification to make sure I'm not a robot, yada, yada. But I was impressed with how easily I was able to buy it. And then a few hours later, I did notice that it was sold out. So it's like, okay, I'm glad that I got in there when I did. Um, mm -hmm. So that is replacing my AMD 6600 XT. Um, basically up to this point, you know, AMD has two new cards, NVIDIA had three, all of them were way too expensive. So I was just biding my time until either company put out something affordable, but then I'm just like, you know, I think I want to make the switch to NVIDIA. I've always used AMD cards, and they used to be the budget-friendly company. It used to be, we're not the best, we're the cheapest, you get what you pay for, and I was satisfied with, with those products, but... Now it's like they want to charge Intel and NVIDIA prices without providing that level of performance, unfortunately. Mm. Yes, didn't NVIDIA just announce some kind of new budget card? Yeah, the um, RTX 4070 announced yesterday, released today. I should get it on Tuesday. That's, that's probably what he's referring to. Yeah, because the 4070 Ti is over $800. <laughs> so... Ugh. Yeah, and the 7900 XT, no one was buying it at 900, and now you can get it for just over 800. So, but both of those cards would have required a new power supply. A brand so, new power supply. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a pain in the ass. Uh... So... The good news is it's like, like, of course, it's not as good as a 4070 Ti and or a 7900 XT or whatever, but it's, you know, $200 cheaper and it's infinitely better than my current card, which I only bought as a placeholder because nothing else was affordable a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm like, well, gee, my, my 6600 XT was marketed as a 1080p card, basically this will run whatever you want at 1080p, maximum settings, whatever. Although you can't really use ray tracing with it too much. Mm -hmm. But I found that it had excellent performance at 1440p. And there were plenty of games that were like playable frame rate at 4K, maybe only 30 or 40 FPS. But, you know, I was satisfied with it for a while. But this new card is marketed as this will handle anything you throw at it at 1440p, including ray tracing. It's like... Okay. And benchmarks are showing that it's getting, you know, pretty high frame rates, even in some of the more demanding games. Now, 
if you want to run Hogwarts Legacy or Cyberpunk at 4K maximum settings, 60 FPS with ray tracing, that's just not going to happen. No card in existence can actually do that. So it's fine. You know, I'll save the money. And, and I don't play those games on PC anyways. So I just want to play Elden Ring and, you know, Resident Evil 4 Remake and Final Fantasy 15 and Far Cry 5, all these old-ass games, you know, I want to play at 4K at 60 FPS finally. That's what I want. So it, it looks like this card will be able to do that. And what's interesting is there was a benchmark for Bioshock Infinite, <laughs> Very old game, but they're claiming, like, I, I don't know if it was PC Gamer or IGN, somebody was claiming, oh, yeah, we got that to run at 4K at 120 FPS. I'm like, oh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> oh, man, that game just turned 10. Oh. Don't think about the March of Time. Uh... <laughs> old. In any case, uh... Let's see what else. But yeah, what have you been playing? Uh, I have well to to dovetail with one of the things we also mentioned. Uh, I had uh, the same day that we all finished Trails in the Sky first chapter. Finally, I finished Trails from Zero. Finally, uh, that was that was great. Had a lot of fun. Uh. I am already uh, pushing as deep as I can into the first chapter of Trails to Azure. Uh, the first chapter after the prologue, I should say. No, I'm not calling the prologue the first chapter. Oh, before I go too far into this, uh, check. Uh, let me just make sure that I'm not missing anything. Uh, let's see. Uh, Fireminer to speak to some of the points that were being brought up. Uh, anyone else think the, the words Founders Edition sound ridiculous when paired with a graphics card? It is a very strange set of verbiage that has taken hold. I'm not going to ask. It's terrible. Well, it's just NVIDIA's fancy way of saying reference card. So it's just the base model that hmm. comes straight from NVIDIA as opposed to ASUS or Gigabyte, Sapphire, hmm. XFX, all of those other manufacturers and it, it's actually kind of um like sometimes they actually undercut their own partners on price just to sort of force them to stay in the msrp they want could look at it like that yeah um i mean and, and amd does it too but they just call it the reference model or whatever yeah so it, it is kind of a a, a dumb term but it's a very silly name but it does it's whatever yeah so and then yeah and then he was talking about let's see his brother was working at a computer store used to bring home all kinds of sealed graphics cards with games in them and while they were still pricey they weren't considered prestige buys yeah i mean there's really no such thing as like a budget graphics card right now um, yeah they're all they're they're all gone <laughs> oh actually here's something interesting i just just saw this article um in response to the new 4070, AMD actually lowered the price on the 6800 and 6800 XT. That's which, probably a correct move. 
<laughs> yeah, which was smart of them to do because they still haven't announced when the inevitable 7800 XT will come out or how powerful that will be. Um, don't know when that's going to happen, but yeah, but basically this new 4070 is on par with a 3080 or 3080 Ti while using about like, I mean, a, using much less power too. So yeah, mm -hmm. it's got the same power draw as like a 3060. So it's like, okay. yeah, that was a big selling point, and they were recommending a 650-watt power supply. I have a 750-watt. I do not want to buy a new one, so I'm like, all right, this is the card for me. Good upgrade path. Yeah, makes sense. And you know what? By the time I need a new processor or RAM or motherboard, there will be more graphics cards out anyways. It's It, it never mm. ends. So The endless treadmill. But, uh, right. yeah. Uh, what I was going to say was... Uh... So yeah, I finished Legend of Heroes Trails from Zero. Uh, had a had a wonderful time with it. Already very enthused about what I've done in Trails to Azure. Uh, one of the nice things about Trails games is that since the first part is usually kind of place setting, it can take a while to get going, but that means that when you get to the second part, it just kind of jets. It, it, like it knows it already has your investment so it's just like here's all the characters here's what they've been doing in the time between games uh go 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 uh and it, it gives yeah, the i can already see that in um <laughs> trails from the sky second chapter and i love it because it literally just starts right after right at right after what happens at the end of the first chapter it's great yeah which is which is a big uh a big thing that happens yes. really gives you a strong hook for that second one uh the uh, the ending of Trails from Zero uh, is it does not actually have a cliffhanger. It has a bunch of stuff that's not yet resolved, but the the core plot of Zero is resolved, and it actually goes back and resolves something that was still outstanding at the end of Trails in the Sky the Third, which gives a which if you just played Trails from Zero, the thing that's happening is like, okay, I'm I'm, I'm glad for them. I don't know what this is about. <laughs> But if you played through Trails in the Sky the Third, it's like, oh, that's awesome! I'm glad this happened. This is a, this is a important payoff to me. Uh, so, and that's the circumstance I was in. Uh, it, it's still a it's still a solid ending without that. But it is one of those things where like there's a a very key moment that you kind of miss out on if you did not play uh, Trails in the Sky and uh, second chapter and third. But. Uh, so yeah, uh, really, really dug uh, Trails from Zero, really digging uh, Trails to Azure. Uh, the other stuff that has been occupying my time, played some more Resident Evil 4 Remake, uh, New Game Plus mode, been having a lot of fun uh, going through with the infinite hand cannon. Uh, oh, with the rifle? What? Did you shoot the bell with the rifle? I did. Awesome. It's extremely difficult, but... I did manage to do it. And you do that in the original game? That was not... That is a new Easter egg to this one, as far as I recall. Wow. Neato. Yeah. That's very clever. Um, so, I've been having a great time going through with the Infinite Hand Cannon and the uh, Gangster Outfit. Uh, the Infinite Hand Cannon reload animation while wearing the Gangster Outfit is the funniest and stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh... It was so a that, reference to some kind of 
Western movie or samurai movie or something? Uh, from what when I showed it to a friend who's knowledgeable in Hong Kong action movies, they said, "Oh, it's Chow Yun Fat from The Killer." <laughs> okay. So I would I, I would take their knowledge as uh, accurate and assume that that is what it's referencing, but it's extremely silly and beautiful. Um, well, on my I've second been... playthrough, I am definitely going to wear the villain costume and use that filter. <laughs> yeah, the the villain costume kind of looks like if Trent Reznor was in The Crow. I don't know. That's what I was <laughs> thinking when I saw it. So the nineties are back, baby. Um, Hell yeah. But yeah, uh, and otherwise, uh, on Monday my Steam Deck arrived, and I have been getting up to some nonsense. Uh, I got MU Deck running, uh, that was a nice and simple affair, uh, and immediately started hunting down the things to get uh, PS2 games, Saturn games, Dreamcast games, the kinds of things that, like, in prior handhelds I have had that have had access to emulators, they would not have run at all. Um, and so I've, I've been having uh, a lot of fun uh, messing around with uh, random PS2 games and finding that most of them run basically perfectly. So that's been nice. uh, exactly what I wanted. Uh, I think I've mentioned this before, but... Uh, essentially, since 2003, the thing I have most wanted is a handheld PS2, and this is as close as I'm going to get. It's pretty darn uh, close, too. Yeah. Uh, Fireminer says, anyone want to talk about the two Genji games? I was actually waiting until I got to this to reread that question, but recently found a copy of the first one in the wild, and for a 2005 hack and slash game, it's really good. Feels better to play than Onimusha 3. I remember playing Genji 1, Genji Dawn of the Samurai, back in the day and enjoying it although i was more uh, more into onimusha 3 i'd be interested in comparing them uh again at this stage but uh and then finding when i did get around to genji 2 uh having picked it up real cheap a few years into the ps3's life that it was uh, kind of disappointing compared to the first one uh like part of the reason that no that that game never escaped the giant enemy crabs meme is that uh it, it just wasn't super interesting. Uh, and it, it, the the first one had, like, it reviewed pretty well. Uh, it was generally pretty pretty good. And then the second one kind of kind of lost the lost a step, and then they never made another one. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I, I, I do like the first Genji at the very least. Just try the jump stomp canceling. Fun stopping easily on the mob enemies. I'll have to give that a shot when I. That's one of those ones that's like, oh, I'll probably try throwing that on the Steam Deck, see how it runs. Uh, but yeah, I, I wanna, I wanna just uh, talk up uh, how good of a suite of most, mostly like just file uh, script batching that uh, MU Deck actually is, because it's just like it's taking all of these emulators that. Uh, have all of their own individual fiddly setups and it uh, does a good job of like configuring settings and folder hierarchies and making sure that everything works as well as it possibly could on the 
Steam Deck, and it does that with a mostly clean and simple GUI. Uh, does it get Saturn BIOS for you? Or it, it will use... not get those for you. You're gonna have, because that's illegal. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna have to burn. You're gonna have to rip it from your own Saturn. I've Reference already, copy. I've already done so. And have that. I handy. know. Don't but, tell yeah. them I don't have a Saturn anymore. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Uh, but yeah, uh, the the actual uh, the actual like suite of script batching there is is excellent. Uh, and I've I've just found more and more things that it's it's good for. Uh, one of the things I was really appreciating was uh, well, Pew is uh, have calling a you Saturn. Oh, have what? a Saturn. Jeez. No, I just Pew's... emulate it all now. There's no point to have a real Saturn. Same here. Pew is uh, calling you out, but yeah. Um... Like, I'll just lose my saves whenever the battery dies. It's That's what happened to me. It's Remember the worst. when you helped me sell all that stuff and yep. you were like, oh, you're selling your Saturn. Sure. Why not? <laughs> Wheels will act as a fence. Uh... He did. No, he helped me Doesn't out. Doesn't that man. involve stolen goods? <laughs> Who can say? Um, <laughs> fell off a truck. Uh, in any case, uh, but yeah, I was enjoying. Uh, also, hi, hi, Tam. Tam is uh, bringing up uh, in the RP Gamer chat. But uh, the the other thing I wanted to bring up was uh, just uh, one of those things that's like just cool about the nature of uh, open source software. Uh, while well, I was looking or poking around at MUDEX options. Bot. What? Spam bot. Bam. Oh, yeah. oh God. Bam. Oh, Pew, yeah. Pew is still here. He'll take care of it in a second. Yeah, Pew, uh, Pew will explode. Otherwise, that. I'll grab it. But yeah, there's uh, one of the things that I've been appreciating about it is uh, so. Uh, Done. As it turns out. Uh, Thank you, Pew. Thanks, Pew. Uh, as it turns out, uh, spam, not spam, sorry, brain is dead. Uh, as it turns out, uh, PS2 and Dreamcast disk images take up a lot of space, like a lot, a lot of space. Um, and so, you know, I, I want to keep, uh, since I'm, since I'm rocking a 64 gig with a 512 gigabyte memory card, like we've got plenty of space for most things, but you know, there's, there's a desire to, uh, keep, to keep as much free space as I can manage. Uh, um, Metroid Prime Trilogy from the Wii on there, which is eight gigabytes. Yeah, you get into these things yeah. where it's like, you know, it, it, it's it's a bit much. Uh, but I was poking around and found the thing that's like, hey, compress the uh, compress uh, disk images, and basically, so this. Uh, seems to mostly compress things into uh, CHD files, which are, uh, this is where the open source uh, praise comes in. CHD files were, uh, as far as I can tell, a compression scheme, a uh, lossless compression scheme devised to, uh, devised for MAME. Uh, the, the, once upon a time it was an arcade emulator, now it is an everything emulator. Uh, but, MAME has uh, created uh, CHD files for the sake of compressing arcade game data. Uh, CHD apparently stands for Compressed Hunks of Data. 
which is hmm. so that's, like, a, that's a very like what's that i like it yeah it reminds me of wad which uh i don't think was originally meant as an acronym but was eventually uh rechristened to stand for uh where's all the data <laughs> um but uh oh, see, quake and those old yeah doom uses wads uh, I think only Doom actually is the one. Doom and Doom Two are the only ones that actually use wads. Uh, Quake uses some weird devilry of its own, but uh, yeah. So so CHC's uh, compressed hunks of data, uh, and the actual amount of comp like it. The the big issue with CHDs was more just that like the only things that existed to make them were essentially horrible command line programs that are a pain in the ass to use. Uh, so uh, MUDEX uh, setup where you can just tell it, hey, turn everything that you can in this folder into CHDs uh, is, is an extremely convenient way to make those. It cleans up after itself. So if it successfully compresses something, uh, it... Uh, it, it deletes the original version afterwards. Uh, and because uh, these emulators are used to looking for CHDs, they actually can run games that are in this compressed format. You don't have to keep the uncompressed game in order to be able to play it, which means that they save significant amounts of space. And uh, very happy with uh, how much space I was able to reclaim by just... Uh, running this compression it's a uh, you know just a lot of praise for the amount of uh work that people have put into just making this actually convenient to use uh it's still by by its nature uh still kind of a pain just because of the nature of what it's doing but you know on the other hand this is a portable that i've been happily playing jets at radio future on so that's been fun. That's some why drink. you buy a Steam some Dreamcast bullshit. No, that is an Xbox game. Okay. So yeah, uh, I've just been using RetroArch, and I because I noticed that the version of RetroArch you can download directly through Steam um, was not doing well with the Wii and GameCube games with the, the Dolphin Core. Mm -hmm. um, I noticed that when I just went into desktop mode and downloaded RetroArch through there, I had more cores, including the CPS2 core that I want for those games. Um, and then I was able to just add that as a non-Steam game, and it shows up on the gaming side of the platform, and you can just run it from under the non-Steam game category. Um, but I noticed, though, I found it better to just use standalone Dolphin to run GameCube and Wii. But I would like to try to look into Emu Paradise or whatever again. Emu deck. Emu deck. Okay, I'd like to look into that again. Yeah, um, it's, it's very convenient at this yeah, point. I screwed something up when I tried it. I told you. About I remember this. you saying that, and I was yeah. like, I yeah. I, after happened. after actually doing it, I I'm going to be real with you. I, I assume that things have changed since you attempted it, but I have no idea how you managed to do that. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it really gave me the option of where to install things, so it just downloaded like 40 gigabytes of, well, not 40 gigabytes, but yeah. a lot of gigabytes yeah. of stuff. Yeah, for me, it just automatic. like this might be in part because of how I uh, had made sure that 
the deck itself was treating the SD card as the default destination. But for me, it went straight to the SD card. Okay. Which, uh, made it, you know, much, much safe. It was a completely clean uh, to install. And yeah, like I said, one of the nice things about it is that it's sort of pre-configuring a lot of this stuff to be like, I, I've never had to fuss with controllers or change the settings. It's It all That's just runs kind of as well as it's going to run. Uh, there's a few things that I've thrown at it where it uh, it can't play them for one reason or another. Uh, one of the one of the weirdest things I've seen is I tried throwing uh, Daytona Two Battle on the Edge. Daytona, get the heartbeat of my machine through this tight scene. Sorry, uh, I I love I love the weirdness of Daytona Two, uh, but uh, and the setup uh said that uh made it clear that the intention is to be able to run that it is a sega model 3 game which uh not heard of that it was it was the thing that virtua fighter 3 ran on it was like if you go look at virtua fighter 3 uh and bear in mind that it was initially released in 1996 if it's one of those things where you look at it and it's like, if I had seen this in 1996, I would have thought it came from space. Um, like just, uh, just a wild, uh, wildly impressive piece of arcade hardware that, uh, you know, uh, put, put out games that looked like they could probably be at home on the PS2. Uh, but yeah, that, that, the Model 3 is where a lot of Sega's like late 90s arcade games that basically never got ported anywhere went. And when you try to run one of those, uh, the uh, setup on Emudeck basically calls out what, uh, what emulator they intend to be hooked into it. Like it says like, I, you're, you don't have Supermodel installed because that is the premier Model 3 emulator. Uh, so it's just like, yeah, just just waiting for that to go up so I can play uh, Daytona 2 Battle on the Edge and Star Wars Trilogy Arcade. <laughs> Anyone have that at the local movie theater in the late 90s? I have what? Star Wars Trilogy Arcade. I don't remember yes. that one. Yes. Okay. If that sounds vaguely familiar. I'm pretty yeah. sure I've seen that. Yeah, there is. Uh, I remember the attract mode would always show you like the lightsaber duels that were just like they were kind of Simon Says, but they were kind of cool looking because they were in first person. But um, there was the the mall in Waterbury had a very nice arcade. It was called, well, so there was Record Town Music, which was like the Fye company before everything turned into Fye. Mm -hmm. So the Record Town Music sold, you know, Does music. Does still and I, exist? And yeah, I think they've, I think they've closed the majority of their stores. I think they're still existent. Um, but then they had the Record Town Arcade, which was nice. But then eventually, they closed the arcade and just made the the other store bigger, and it started selling games, movies, CDs, you name it. Mm -hmm. Um. So, but that 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 arcade used to always get the newest stuff. They always had the newest fighting game, and 
you know, good luck being able to play it, you know, it was always surrounded by Asian kids who were just insanely good and yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but I remember that was where I had played X-Men versus Street Fighter, Marvel versus Capcom and, um, Alpha three. Yeah. They always got the newest fighting game in there. And then there was a movie theater nearby that had Marvel versus Capcom for a while along with a claw machine. And last time I was there, they might've had that Terminator game. Um, oh yeah. That fucking thing. Yeah. Terminator Genesis based game or something. Yeah. Like or was it Sal- Terminator Salvation? I don't know. It was, it was Salvation. If it's the one I'm thinking yeah. of from like 2010. Yeah. It's like, well, that's old. Yeah. Yeah. I remember going to an arcade in like 2012 and them having uh, that, and Sega Golden Gun, which was like a House of the Dead spinoff, but with like Chinese hopping vampires. It was weird. Um, you know, House of the Dead was much easier if instead of shooting the gun off screen, you just put your finger in front of it to block it. That was much uh, that's the pro tip. faster. Yep. Oh, yeah. Suffer like G Dad. I used to get that Tips and Tricks magazine, and that's where I oh, learned that trick. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, to hit some of Fireminer's questions, do you think anyone bought an Xbox Series X to play emulators at this How? point? Uh, in time, even a decent PC can play anything up to the 6th gen. Uh, I don't think that, per se, uh, anyone did buy it for that, but I do think that there were people that uh, did it for, that definitely used that feature because it was a convenient way to play things on TV. I think that was more common with the Series S, but you Mm -hmm. had to... When I briefly had the Series S before selling it and getting the X, um, I had thought about doing it, but it was complicated because you had to opt into some kind of Windows Insider program program type thing. thing. Yeah, but then... It was was briefly something that you could just do from the store, I think. And that's what's gone away. You have to be in, like, developer mode for that. Yeah, and, and... So I, I never tried it, and they said there was a chance that your account could get banned. It's like, oh, or something like that. And now Microsoft is cracking down on it, so there you yeah, go. Yeah, they, they just it got busted up. Uh, it's still possible to do it in developer mode, but that's got its own set of headaches. I think it's one of those things like people found just kind of generally irritating uh, as opposed to it being a deal breaker, but it is one of those things where it's like, yeah, I could see someone having... Uh, treated that as like, oh, now I can, now I don't have to think about uh, the emulation mm. device that I hook up to my TV. And it's like, <laughs> oh, nope, too bad, now you do. Um, yep. Speaking of it, I think you can download WADs to Doom on Switch from a curated list. Yeah, the most recent Doom ports on PS4, Xbone, and Switch all had a, a li- curated list of WADs that you could uh, download. Downloaded one that, like, it was a complete overhaul that like turned it into like a medieval fantasy game similar to like, you know, Heretic. I was gonna say sometimes known as Hexen. Yes, but it, it was it wasn't like that, but it was yeah. like, yeah, all of a sudden it's like, oh wait, I have like a bow and arrow and I have like a an actual melee weapon. What this is neat, and it's a completely different game. Like, wow. People people have turned Doom Wads into abstract art over the last thirty years. It's been something to unpack. Uh, but yeah, so I've been having a lot of fun with the with the deck. Uh, I have 
uh, a long list of uh, completely, uh, almost entirely arbitrary uh, PS2 games, as well as a long list of uh, weirdo Saturn games. Uh, my my biggest issue I've run into play, is you have to play the Saturn version of Sonic 3D Blast. I no, don't. don't. Um, <laughs> it doesn't even. I don't even like the soundtrack as much as the Genesis version. Oh man. Because I just okay. like I think the actual compositions are more interesting on the Genesis version. Uh, they actually uh, stole some of the songs from that to reuse in Sonic Adventure, actually. Uh... But yeah, I've had some. I've been messing around with uh, Layer Section and Kou Gekitai uh, and. Uh, Don Pachi. Uh, some of the other things I've been with. Uh, Link Mame Liver Story. I, I have Dodon Pachi in Mame format of some kind, and it's it's awesome. Oh yeah, Don Don Pachi and Dodon Pachi are both great. Uh, let's see, my my biggest issue that I've had with it is the it's something that's unfixable because nothing has six face buttons anymore. But just that they have to map like the C and Z buttons to like shoulder buttons, and it's like, yeah, that's just kind of what you have to do. There's not really a, a choice in that matter. Well, if you, I know from experience, you can do this. If you get like the retro bit or something, the the six button Genesis or Saturn controller, and then you get yourself a USB C adapter, you can plug it in. To the charging I'm doing that when I play it in bed. <laughs> just, just throwing that yeah, out no. there. I've, I've done no, it. I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> well, I'm mostly playing in bed, so mm. it's of limited utility for me. Uh, Pew, um, Pew is asking about my ship in Destiny. I think it looks like a spider, and it kind of does. It is yeah, a spider fine. ship. Yeah, yeah. I guess. But, uh, Absolutely. The so have you, what you, you, if you've got a decent computer, or even not you can definitely try to do remote play and i've had a good experience with that just you know games that are just too gigantic to want to put on a steam deck and wouldn't run well anyways i've been able to stream from my computer and it's like it's pretty good and that's another reason i wanted to do this upgrade is because i'm like well gee i wonder if i can get this to work even better you know mm -hmm. so. i mean i've i've I mean, I had no trouble installing Devil May Cry 5, which is like the most recent PC game that I own. So, Okay. Uh, that's running at 60, so it's like, hey, that's good enough for me. <laughs> yeah, that's a good game, definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been having having a lot of fun. Uh, sometimes sometimes you just play things with weird names like Sokyu Gurantai or... Uh, I've been. Uh, I grabbed some weird Saturn fan translations like uh, Linkle Liver Story and uh, oh, the first Sakura Tyson that has a fan translation now. I grabbed that to muck around with. And uh, it's neat. Do you ever play Mr. Bones? I've not played it yet, but I have been fascinated by it for years. It is. Uh, you know, it's a very uh, kind of mediocre platformer, but man, it's got awesome music, though. Awesome music. Some of the weirdest, like, gimmick stages anyone has ever, 
ever conceived of. Uh, I'd love to know on what mad, like what madman uh, was like, what if we did a level where you just have to like string together, like set up and punchline correctly over and over to make all the enemies laugh so you can keep moving. Yep. Why would you do this? Oh, well. Uh, but yeah. Uh, let's see. What's that? Uh, Fireminer just asked about uh, something called the... Well, anyone by the PlayStation Q Lite or whatever it is. I assume that's the rumored name of Sony's uh, streaming portable that theoretically might exist one day. I have no particular reason to care about a Sony branded portable and I don't think that it will have particularly like by by all accounts it's just going to be a streaming device in the same vein as Logitech's G Cloud. And that doesn't interest mm. me either, so I don't see why I would care about this. Yeah, and and this new um the new Razer handheld it's like and eh, no that's not going to do well either though it's the same price as steam deck and it can't natively run yeah pc games so who cares i, I like the steam deck because it's like oh i can have it run all sorts of stuff on its own and then as an option it can do other things <laughs> i feel like a lot of these devices are almost like glorified android tablets yes. oh yeah 100 percent. they are definitely and that's not well, that's, really going to That's fly. literally what the new Razer one is, though. It's yeah. it's a small tablet that comes with their Kishi controller, right? Which that's is what like... It, that's what it yeah, is. Yeah, and, and the, the separating factor between those and the deck is that the deck is a, is a glorified uh, uh, tiny Linux PC, but that's, yeah. you, you can get a lot more mileage out of a tiny Linux PC. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I have to like, answer Pew's question here when we have a second. Of course. Go ahead. Uh, yes, back to Solar Warlock. Yes, still, unfortunately, still in high-end content. It, it's kind of got to be Solar Warlock just for the just for the survivability and the utility. Uh, I, I almost wish Hunter they would nerf. Void. Yeah, I love Hunter Void. I almost wish they would just nerf well, just so I don't have to play Solar Warlock for stuff like this <laughs> I could try something else but it, it's like it's just one of those situations where there's no justification to play anything else because it just it doesn't provide as much utility it kind of sucks gotta buff everyone else yeah um Any two have um ray tracing or DLSS or anything cool like that you're asking the wrong person I could care less <laughs> okay <laughs> I don't think it has ray tracing, and I hope they don't put it in, because... <laughs> just to spite you. <laughs> no, not to spite him, just like, why? It's an old game, I don't see them putting it in there. I'm just curious if it got any of those features. I could see it maybe happening, just as a, like, hey, we can justify that we haven't changed games but it's on ps5 now well, well how about this like this this is going to be my first nvidia card so i can finally play mirror's edge with physics turned on forget what that is 
It was some weird physics thing, but I'm telling you, it, it just does not run on AMD cards. You always, usually have to turn it off. It's weird. That's yeah. And there's other games that have some NVIDIA-specific features that I never got to try, or, or that just killed the frame rate to a point where they weren't worth it. So, yeah, I was just wondering. I don't know if Destiny 2 ever got FSR support or DLSS sure. or anything cool like that, but... Not that it needs it, though, just saying. It, it really doesn't. I mean, when I had Windows on my Steam Deck, it ran really good on there. And, you know, it just doesn't need super high-end hardware. The game is good at making you stop or slow down to appreciate the graphics. Oh, boy. Um, um, Metroid Breath, Prime Remastered. Breath of the definitely. Wild. Breath of, yeah, Breath the, of the Wild had good art direction, definitely. If, in general, like for me, like if the world is if the world's art design is compelling enough, that's what will get me to stop. When Xenoblade uh, Chronicles was new, I remember there's a part where I think you either make it to like the knee or something, but all of a sudden you look up and there's the sky with all the stars, and I'm like, wait, this is a Wii game? That like that blew my mind when that came. That out. was a very yeah. impressive game. Yeah, just the scale I, of everything in the background. I played that on 3DS, and despite the obvious downgrades, it still looked really, really good. That's still a, that's still a wild port to even attempt. Yeah. I'm baffled that they managed that, but uh, um, can I say? As for like recent stuff, I mean, Elden Ring on PC because I am playing through it again on PC instead of Xbox, and it's like, oh wow, like. When I max out these settings at 1440p, it's like, huh, there's there's more draw distance. I can see further and stuff. It's like, oh wow, this is this is really cool. Okay, so that was always an impressive looking game, but on PC it's just that much better just because you're not seeing all this texture pop in and you're getting further draw distance. Yeah, I just never noticed that because my eyes are bad. Um okay. <laughs> I gonna say something about it. Uh my, that's my endorsement of having bad eyes. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, in general, uh, the most recent game, uh, in, in terms of things that aren't just like, uh, oh, I love the the raw art direction. Uh, I, in general, since I like uh, the, the dingy aesthetic involved, uh, I enjoyed just sort of looking around Night City and Cyberpunk. Yeah, that's another good one. It was a nice looking game and that there was never there was never anything wrong with the graphics in that game, you know what I mean? Unless you count all the glitches with the mm -hmm. character models and whatnot. But yeah. That um it just has, a, it just has an atmosphere to it. But it, it seems like C D Project Red is determined to never let that game run on the maximum settings on anything because it's, it seems like every time a new graphics card comes out they're like oh we're just going to update the game and add more high-end presets and stuff and it's like i don't know it just it's like they're hell-bent on just that this game will never run on the maximum settings no matter that's what card you have <laughs> that's partly also because they're they're still knee-deep in that code because they're still they still have an expansion for it coming out supposedly yeah I mean, we we know what it is, and it's supposed to be out this year, but... <laughs> yeah, give it another three years, right? 
Yeah, I think that'll probably come out this year. So, yeah, th that was a great looking game. Even on like the Series S, it was like, oh, this actually isn't too bad. And it's, the Series S was the most stable version, I guess. Like it ran at a solid 30 FPS. Well, it wasn't, so... it wasn't overburdened with attempting things that it couldn't reach, but... Yeah. But uh, then you turn on ray tracing on Series X and you get 30 FPS, but it's it it looks noticeably better. Yeah, so they have done a good job graphically with that game. I don't know if I want to revisit it on PC. I mean, I think it would be a good benchmarking tool, but I don't know if I feel like playing through it again right now. I had a lot of fun with it with my most recent play, but let's see, what was I going to say something about it? <laughs> but yeah, so uh been been having fun uh dicking around with the steam deck uh playing a round of crazy taxi is becoming part of my nighttime routine uh so that's been fun uh and while we were talking road range on there yeah. <laughs> well, the same thing. <laughs> while we were talking i uh i started absentmindedly dicking around with it and booted up uh, Evergrace 2 for some reason. Why? Uh, because it was there. Interesting. Bad game. Uh, yes. I, I don't actually know. I played Evergrace 1, and that was the first PS2 game that I owned, and it's just fucking dreadful. One of the most just abysmal action RPGs I've ever played. Uh, every few years, I try to go back to it and try to see if there's anything worthwhile in it. It has some good music, some okay art direction, absolute misery to play. Just feels awful. Uh, <laughs> never played Evergrace 2. I want to point out, though, the thing that I always found funny about 2. Evergrace 2 did get released in English in a timely fashion, but Seemingly, its publisher was aware that calling it Evergrace 2 would guarantee that no one would ever play it. Because <laughs> they retitled it to at least partially hide the fact that it was Evergrace 2. Because in Japan, it was just called Evergrace 2. And in America, it was rechristened Forever Kingdom. And there is just a certain magnificence to retitling something to hide the fact that it's a sequel to something seemingly on the basis of if they know what it is they won't play it <laughs> well i don't know if you're aware but there is an evergrace 3 as well yeah they didn't bother <laughs> evergrace bad um, i just remember something funny i mean kingsfield's not much better no, Kingsfield oh. is markedly better. Oh, yeah. I, I was gonna say. Um, I just remembered something kind of funny. Um, so when I got the Neo Geo Arcade Stick Pro, and then I decided to hack it, then mm -hmm. it's called Hilo Stick is is the name of the hack. But basically, they the, um when you're going through the games that they put on there, because you don't get to just add and remove the games that you want. It's just it was a curated list that the developers did themselves but it, it claims to have marvel versus capcom 2 but then when you go to launch it instead you get the music video for never gonna give you up of course <laughs> i'm just like that was a dick move but that, that's a naomi 
title and i only recently got that working through like retro arc and i'm like you know i don't even like this game and eh, whatever doomerang says evergrace one was a terrible waste of his money for launch ps2 so he feels yep. your pain. i know your pain brother and Fireminer sucks absolute death just the worst Fireminer says remember ephemeral fantasia is really a piece too yeah i did so I, I played it away. It was uh, also a Dreamcast game. Uh, I was unaware it was an interesting concept. You were a uh, traveling musician slash thief, and you and your talking guitar are going to play a wedding on an island, and then it turns out that uh, you are trapped in a time loop, a five-day time loop. And in order to complete the game, you have to uh, essentially... Uh, awaken other characters to the notion that time is looping hmm. uh, by doing things like uh, replacing a broken object just as it, as it breaks with the only way you knew it would break being that, of course, you've seen it happen a dozen times. Like It's, it's a cool idea. Uh, it sucks to actually play the I actually wrote about it when I was doing it, when I was consistently doing the uh, Patreon blogs. I was, I wrote about Evergrace and how bad it fucking is. Uh, it is a PS2 and Dreamcast RPG with a bad camera. I don't even know how to describe how that works, but the navigational camera, there's there's no happy medium in terms of like. It can face directly overhead, which robs you of most of the identifying marks, or it can be at a slight angle, uh, like most quote-unquote overhead RPGs, but the problem is that that uh, tends to obscure things from uh, via foreground objects. The battle camera just does... It's just wildly pivoting what it's focused on. It's completely unreadable. I don't know how that happened it, it it just does not function very well it is not a well put together video game uh the only way to fast travel which is extremely important since because it's a time loop game most of the actual game is making sure that you make appointments in time the only way to fast travel is to find hidden chunks of the map that are all extremely badly signposted <laughs> Are we talking Ephemeral Fantasia? Yeah, Ephemeral Fantasia. That game sucks. Oh, um, that game, that game's so bad. And apparently there's multiple endings, and like even yeah. to this day, I only am aware of two, and that's because I re read Game Facts. Yeah, like, it's... it's It was it was not popular, so it's also poorly documented, which makes it even more of a pain to actually try to play. It's, it's bad. It's real bad. Um, there's... 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 Bits, it would be a less frustrating game if it didn't have interesting things in it, but because there are like interesting ideas that are all being executed horribly, uh, it's it's just immensely irritating to play for a multitude of reasons. I hate it. <laughs> I was I was yeah. craving RPGs. And, oh god. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. It, it was one of the first. It was like one of the first three like games I picked up for my PS2. Mm -hmm. And you, you can probably guess what one of the other two was. 
let's see, early PS2. Like, you had a few options for RPGs at that time, and they're all just fucking horrendous. Although one uh, of them I absolutely love, even though it's a, not a great game. Let's see, absolutely love, not a great game. Summoner. Is it Orphan? No, but I do own it. Summoner. And apparently Orphan is getting new animes, so I... Yeah, wow. there's a recent... There was a recent Sorceress Stabber Orphan anime. No, it's still ongoing. Yeah. But what 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 was the what was the other one then? Was it, I can't imagine Bouncer. you being an Eternal Ring. The oh, Bowser. That's not an RPG. I was thinking of, in terms of RPGs. It kind yeah, of is. Summoner. I mean, it's got. It's got a. Uh, why are you Why are you going Summoner. back as well? Because I like Summoner, and leave me alone. Why do you like Summoner? I don't know, it was fun. Why does he like Destiny? No, it wasn't. Because it's very good. Des Destiny I can understand. Summoner I can't. Summoner's bad. I don't know, it's all I had. <laughs> Evergrace was all I had, and I didn't develop Stockholm Syndrome for that. Sure. I want to play Gungrave. Oh, game owns. Yeah. Uh, is, is Summoner one any good? Summoner was um, what the hell's the name of that developer? Volition. Yes, so I wanted to like it. Yeah, Volition. Uh, now now known for stuff like Saints Row. Uh, made the did their crack at a PC style Western RPG. Uh, it's not very good. Uh, it was it was not something. It was not the kind of experience you got on consoles a lot of the time. So it has some value that way. But it's it's slow and the story's kind of dull and uh, even at the time it, it felt very sparse in plotting. Um, see, Fireminer says that the Sorceress Stabber Orphan light novels are pretty good and that they have the whole collection. And they always looked fun. Uh, the Orphan PS2 game is actually one of the last things that ever came out of uh, quintet slash shade before that kind of exploded. Uh, I think it was right after shade split off from quintet. Now that I think about it, uh, and it bears a stark resemblance to the last game that they collaborated on for the PS One, but it feels like a proof of concept. It's another thing that I wrote about when I was doing the Patreon on a regular blogs on a regular basis. Um, Orphan is not. Good. It feels like a minimum viable product for what you can put out and call an action RPG. It's uh, it's weird. It definitely feels super rushed. Uh, I think it was meant to try to tie in with the uh, anime that was airing at the time, and uh, it got, got kind of pushed out the door so that like it still came out after that anime concluded, but it seems like it got pushed out the door to be so that it wasn't completely irrelevant by the time they actually released it. And then Activision published it in the U.S. for some reason. Don't know what happened there. Um, but yeah, you had your pick of just absolute dog shit RPGs on the PS2 for a very long time. Uh, you have, uh, at launch, you have uh, Summoner, Orphan, Eternal Ring, and Evergrace. And I think the best of those might be passable. Wow, that's a trio of shit. That is a quadrio of shit. Quadrio, um, excuse me. Quadrio of shit. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, 
like all of those like the very best of those might be passable uh it's it was it was fucking dire and then like that first year of the ps2 it was just like there would be one or two big games a month and you were lucky if one of them didn't completely shit the bed uh i remember uh the period where you got onimusha and oni in like a month and one of those games was pretty good and one of those games was called oni um but hey, Oni had the distinction of being uh, developed by Bungie and published by Rockstar uh, about approximately nine months before they would become the two largest developers on the planet. You know what's um... funny is, um... oh, Guru Larry comments about his work on Oni every now and then. That game's dog and, shit. And, and how much <laughs> dog shit that game is. That's uh that is a uh, one of my favorite things about Oni is that they did start work on an Oni two that never went anywhere, but you can tell that it was a project that was that they seem to have entered into on the basis of like well I guess we've gotta, because the working title was allegedly Oni two Death and Taxes. <laughs> well, very much uh well that's the project of obligation. Um, see fireminer asks when the first kingsfield on ps2 released uh it depends upon what you're counting because eternal ring is kingsfield and all but name uh and i'm almost certain that uh kingsfield the ancient city which is the first thing labeled kingsfield on the ps2 uses its engine i believe it's a late 2002 game or maybe late 2001 it's been a it's been an age. Uh, let's check. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll stick up for Kingsfield as being generally interestingly atmospheric. But okay, yeah, late 2001, uh, early 2002 in the West. Uh, but basically, uh, I'll stick up for. Kingsfield as interestingly atmospheric. Uh, Eternal Ring doesn't really have the atmosphere nailed down and is mechanically worse than Kingsfield. Uh, and also, uh, it also feels rushed. It's it's weird to play a game like that that's only like six hours long. Like it's it's a weird game. Uh, FromSoft really just was just pumping out PS2 games early in that system's life for some reason. Which is why, by the time the system launched in the US, there were three From Software games at launch. Don't know why they did that or how. Uh, God, what a, what a situation. Uh, not even the worst PS2 launch games, because uh, you could at least see why someone was expected to pay $50 for them, even if they didn't turn out well, unlike something like Fantavision, where it's just like, it was a tech demo that kind of has rules. Uh, Fireminer says, what kills Oni is the stage design. Does anyone ever play Wizardry on PS2? I did play Wizardry Tales of the Forsaken Land. It's, it's a pretty good Wizardry game. Like, if that's, if that's something you want, Tales of the Forsaken Land's not a bad Wizardry game at all. Uh, I think that came out almost at exactly the same time as the last Surtech Wizardry game, now that I think about it. Because uh, I think the last one's like Wizardry 8. 
I want to say that's like 2001. Yep. Wizardry 8, uh, apparently November of 01. And yeah, that's the last one Sir Tech made. And I believe... That's got, Tale of the Forsaken Land has to be almost exactly the same time. Yep, in Japan, same day, November 15th, 2001. In the U.S., a month later, December of 2001. Uh, but yeah, Wizardry 8. Uh, I want to say November of 2001 as well. Yeah, November 14th, 2001. So they were kind of simultaneous launches. That must have been planned. That's wild to think about. <laughs> Let's see. Wizardry, Tales of Forsaken Land is the second best Wizardry game. I only beat two of those, though. Eight in Forsaken Land. Yeah. Uh, by, by all accounts, Wizardry was honestly in a good place when it when it kind of stopped happening. It's just that that genre had completely fallen out of style. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see. Fireminer uh, says Eternal Ring was a nothing game, not bad, not good. Yeah, it, it maybe rises up to passable. Uh, and Kingsfield 4 was good, hard. Yeah, I mean, Kingsfield 4 kind of sets you up for what you should be expecting out of it when you walk forward three steps from the starting position and fall in a pile of lava and die. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the ground sinks out from under you if you get too close to the lava. Wizard. That's, uh, that's them laughing at you. Uh, when are you going to play Wizardry on your Steam Deck wheels? Nope. <laughs> so I, I tried playing uh, Proving Ground of the Mad Overlord. I still need to play more of it for research purposes, but it's, it's a hard-ass game to actually yeah, uh, sit and play. I'm gonna play a game like that. It's either gonna be Etrian Odyssey or uh, Shining the Holy Ark. Oh yeah, I downloaded Shining the Holy Ark at your behest. Love that game. It's got uh, Camelot slash Sonic Software planning was really obsessed with uh, that pre-rendered sprite look at a time when no one else was. Yeah, <laughs> that was a weird choice. They they clung onto that, and then they did that for Shining Wisdom as well. Shining Wisdom. Ugly, ugly game. Classic, yeah. class. Ugly, ugly children. <laughs> uh, yeah, Sh Shining Wisdom. Also, for some reason, uh, Shining Wisdom forces you to choose between manual transmission and automatic transmission, which is a weird choice for a game that does not have a... Uh, does not have cars in it. Mm -hmm. Why would that be how you describe your running schema? Why is the running schema so weird to begin with? Confusing. Uh, let's get this. Let's hit some questions. I tried the... to play the Japanese version of that because it was only like eight dollars used, and the American version was like a hundred. Or this was on eBay, like you know, ten years ago. So now both of them are a thousand dollars. Oh, okay. So yeah, so <laughs> no, I was trying to play the Japanese version on my on an actual Saturn, and of course I couldn't read anything they were saying. So then. I think I opened up YouTube to a full playthrough of the English version and just kept pausing it so I wouldn't get too far. <laughs> That's horrible. Living oh. the dream. Horrible. Uh, yeah. 
Not a no uh, uh, shining wisdom. Not not the worst shining game, but that really speaks more to the uh, very bad places that shining games managed to go at various mm. points. What's up, Wales? Shining Force Neo. How do you feel about Shining Force Exa? Never played it. How do you feel about Shining Tears? It's not bad. How do you feel about Shining Hearts? Uh, pass. Wait, which game? Which game is Shining Exe? Or let's just Shining say, Force Exa. It's pronounced Exa. I would just say execute because. It's EXA. I thought it was EXE. No. Nope, EXA. Oh, well, anyways. Um, which which other game was it that had the exact same map? Uh, I would guess that, that was probably Neo if it was anything. Yes, yes. that's right. Yes. Shining Force Neo and Shining Force Exa had all the same map. Like, the exact same maps, one for one. Yeah, I'd believe it. Those games I mean, blow. How far apart were they? They were like a year apart, and they were made by Neverland, who was not having a great financial time at that point, so I'm not surprised. Not the worst PS2 action RPG I played, but I, I played a lot. Like, I've I've made clear over the course of this podcast that I played a lot of bad ones. Uh, even at the time, because I think that was around when Ark the Lad End of Darkness came out as well, and that game sucks shit. God. That was supposed to be, like, primary online enabled. It's, it's so bad. I cannot imagine playing that with a second human being. Like, in, assuming that another human being would put up with that at the same time I was. I would. I feel like we would both rather play, like, I don't know. Fucking... Literally anything? Literally anything. Like, even if it was just kicking each other in the dick over and over, it would be more fun than Arthalada and of Darkness Cooperative. That game sucks. God. <laughs> I'm so mad. I'm still so mad. Uh, did they, I, I'm trying to remember. They might have cut the online mode from the English version. Oh, no. Let me see. Okay. Yeah. Uh, after level online. Okay, it's not that they cut the online mode entirely, seemingly. It's just that no one fucking played it, so it was shut down within a year. Surprised it lasted that long. Yeah. Incredible. Uh... But yeah, just absolute garbage. Worst fucking job. I'm still so mad. It's so bad. Ugh, okay, moving on, moving on. We're not thinking about Arcaladin of Darkness. Uh, how about Stranger of Sword City and Saviors of Sapphire Wings Wheels? Uh, I think Fireminer's asking you about if you would play those as your no. potential first-person RPGs. No, I've really Stranger fallen... Stranger City wasn't terrible. I played a little bit of it. I've bought and I've purchased many of those games, and I have come to the realization that I don't You don't actually... love first-person RPGs. You no. Love <laughs> yes. Yes, no. It's right. a, I don't love the genre in general. I love certain games in the genre. That's you, fair. Didn't you have to review Demon Gaze at some point? Yes, I, I like that. One. I, I like... don't know if he had to, but he did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think I remember that. That was a long time ago. Was that? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to that remember. That got a sequel. Oh, and then there was those two Vita games that made it to Steam: uh, Operation 
Babel or Operation Tokyo or something like that. Oh, yeah. op, op, Operation Tokyo, Babel, and Operation Abyss. Yes. Yeah, those what are kind of neat. I'm trying to remember, by the, like... By the way, speaking of dungeon crawlers, you can catch one of our associate spare hombres on Saturday mornings doing dungeon crawling. Give it a shot. Also, I'm going to see if I can destroy wheels by saying the Dark Spire. Uh, did not play it. Oh, I thought you had, because it was, like, right after Etrian. Nope. They just mentioned that to one... Uh, fuck, man. Mention that to one Phil Willis, and you'll get a much different response. <laughs> different good or different bad? The, he infam infamously hates that game. Thought so. I seem to recall that being the yeah. case. Um, Did you happen to try Record of Lodos War? Dreamcast games? Yeah, did you try that on the Steam Deck? I have not. I need to grab some of the weird old licensed games on that. I was thinking of putting on the, just for the fossil record, uh, sort of the Berserk Guts of Rage, a very, very bad action game based off of beloved manga. Well, somebody just mentioned Diablo, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Record of Lodos. That's basically a Diablo, yeah. yeah. Yes, Pew, I got booped the fuck off. That sucks. Good. What do you mean, good? Good. Um, I think Play something you know else. I mean. Play yes. something else. No. Um, I gonna say? Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I just want to bring up my favorite thing. I've, I've mentioned this whenever the games come up, but my favorite thing about Sword of Berserk Guts is Rage is that so the thing with Berserk is the, the one of the most obvious things is dude has a giant ass sword. Like that's that's one of the most just obviously iconic uh bits of imagery from the manga. And you can use it in the Dreamcast game, except for some ungodly reason. <laughs> they made it so that it can collide with walls in a game that has very, very small environments. And they knew this was a problem because your super mode makes it so that it doesn't collide with walls anymore. It just goes through them. And I've never seen a jankier way of, of making a super mode work than just being like, your sword is no longer affected by walls. Uh, has anyone ordered Mega Man Battle Network Collection? I get paid yes. probably tomorrow, so I'll be grabbing it tomorrow. It looks. I, I like Mega Man Battle Network, as was clear over the course of like four months of podcast. Yeah, that's gonna be another distraction before. So now you get to play through all of them again. Yeah, except four. I don't think I'll play four again. <laughs> it's just a waste of time. But I could, I could happily play through like especially three, five, and six again. Uh, especially because they they actually translated the Boktai content. It was not translated in six before. That means that's, that's very important to me. It's like me and four other dudes are all hooting and hollering because they translated the Boktai content. Woo! Destiny, <laughs> is, that you, is that you hooting and hollering or is that you booing Destiny? No, I said woo. <laughs> okay, so that's, that's you hooting and hollering. I thought he was saying. Boo, so I was I saying, was saying I honestly don't care because I, I figured back you up. Thank you. I was playing saying booers. <laughs> I was saying booers. 
Wow, that's, that's a horrible Mole Man impression. Yeah, it was. It's pretty god awful. I'm 31 years old. <laughs> uh, this dude is seriously sick. My doctor said I was getting better. <laughs> uh, Mom, Dad, Kawabunga, dude. It's like kissing like, a peanut. It's like kissing a peanut. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to hit a couple of the questions in the uh, question doc to make sure that we don't uh, slack off. Would you pay for a Kingdom Hearts game incorporating the Disney live-action remake plus the new Lion King? I would if only to see it take jabs at Disney's lack of creativity and the kind of corporate short-term thinking. They'd never do that because Disney is has too many eyes on it at this point, which is why you saw some of the yeah. weirdness with uh, the Frozen World in Kingdom Hearts 3. I would yeah. not because lack I could creativity give and yet you. Oh, about Kingdom Hearts. People all keep Except going to see that. Give me a game about just gummy ship and I will be all over that. Like, no one's business. I'm just going to tell you there's Star Fox games out there for you. <laughs> yes, but you can't customize the ship. I like the customization of the ship. Ah, that's it. That's it. I'll get back to you with some recommendations when I think about it a bit more. Um, I'd appreciate it. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's one of those things, like... Uh, yeah, they, they they would never do that just because it's uh, you know, D Disney Disney cares about its image. Um, I I I feel like yes, and uh, also those live action remakes make billions of dollars. So why would they make fun of them? I mean, I could absolutely see someone making fun of them that wasn't attached to Disney, but again, attached to Disney. Uh, are we? I feel like we have hit a point of terrifying uh, expedience at the point where they decided to make a live-action Moana, though. That that feels weird. Did they announce that already? They did. Jesus fucking Christ. The, they had The Rock announce it. <laughs> How old is that film? Like nine years? It's like the perfect Disney film. They should, they should just leave it be. Just fucking leave it be. God, uh, I was wrong. It, damn is, it. It, it was. It is seven years old as of that. The makes me so so angry. I have no idea why you would like it. It's a, it's a great animated film. It's not even old. There's no. no child who's gonna look at this and like this is old. Uh, well, when's the Encanto live action version? <laughs> I'm looking forward to when we when we do the horrible opposite and start doing uh, animated remakes of random live action movies. The Parent Trap animated. Oh god. Yeah, that'd be fun. The computer wore tennis shoes. Animated. <laughs> Revenge of the Nerds. Animated. Tron. Animated. Wait a minute. Wait a minute now. <laughs> did, they, did, I, did they go back on would be cool. they go back on canceling Tron 3 again? I don't fucking know. Okay. Long ago they said they were going to do one after Tron Legacy and then that went away but it looks like that might be back. The number they of limits Tron of Legacy. Tron I have watched is equal is only countable if Kingdom Hearts counts. <laughs> Anyone seen the movie Tron? No, 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 no. no. Tron. I like yes, no. <laughs> Tron was great. We found Tron's fans. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> like both of the Tron movies. They were neat looking. 
think I saw half of Tron Legacy at a friend's house. Made by people who clearly didn't understand how computers actually work, but still. Just like that that movie Hackers, remember that? They have no idea how a fucking Buddy, computer Buddy, history works. is littered with pe- movies made by people who don't know how computers work. Sometimes, sometimes they chose not to, uh, not to understand how computers work. Let's see. That's like the episode an- of... Uh, I want animated parent trap based on the where... original. Um, McGee and Abby are counter hacking, and you have th- three hands on a keyboard. It's like that—that's not going to work, buddy. Listen, you just need to type more. Um... The episode of um, the X Files when people were getting murdered inside a VR game, and the guy gets his hands cut off. Yeah. <laughs> Now I'm thinking about, I was looking up, uh... I mean, that's the premise of several animes there, Joe. <laughs> I was looking up, uh... There's no excuse. There's no way to describe the circumstances that caused this. I was looking up information about the Lawnmower Man, uh... <laughs> and was amused to find out that the CG, uh, for the Lawnmower Man was... Uh, was provided by Angel Studios, the studio that became Rockstar San Diego. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, yeah. Uh, Red Dead Redemption brought to you by the same corporate entity that brought you uh, all of the, like, truly bizarre, surreal-looking CG from Lawnmower Man. Uh... Good times, good times. But yeah. Uh... Burn. Sorry. Time to die. Um, let's see. Fireminer in the chat. There already is a parent trap remake. There are several. Uh, I like the Lindsay Lion version. Well, I'll, I I don't remember it, so I'll take your word. It was the nineties. I, re- I remember it because it was. Uh... I want to say it was Hillary Duff who played the twins in the remake. Oh, there's one more recent than that. Jeez. There are multiple remakes of The Parent Trap. Uh, in games... Mary in Kate it... and Ashley rendition of it, but it was called It Takes Two instead. Well, that's an incredibly generic title. <laughs> <laughs> and, um... Who keeps Steve Gutenberg a star? Yeah. We, we do. do. We, we do. do. Okay. Uh, so, hitting another question from the list: In games in which NPCs can die, what are some ways developers can prevent gamers from locking themselves out of the main quest line? I want all of them to steal Biff the Understudy. Let's do that. Completely, completely destroy uh, any semblance of drama by including Biff the Understudy. Anyone anyone remember this dude? No. Biff the Understudy was a character in uh, Baldur's Gate who would just pop in if an NPC was absent and he would just recite their lines. <laughs> he's the Understudy. Yeah. So he, will, so he will speak their dialogue. He will not perform any of the character's actions. But yeah. Uh, just something they did to like. Here, here's a here's something just in case. But uh, more more realistically, uh, 
there's there's not a lot of options around this other than to uh what's that well i was gonna say i think in skyrim they made a lot of them like the important characters were invincible you couldn't kill them so yeah that's an option there's the option of like just having multiple ways to do things uh Morrowind has the thing where, like, if a thread of prophecy gets severed, it is possible for a resourceful player who knows enough about the game to still complete the main story, even though it involves essentially using a backdoor to skip most of it. Uh, there's, you know, there, there are creative ways around this, but, you know, you definitely... There's, there's also just the option of making sure that an NPC is never in a position where you can attack them while they're still relevant to the plot. That's also something that sometimes uh, gets done. And sometimes if it's optional content, you just accept that sometimes players are going to do something stupid and lock themselves out of things. And that's just an acceptable thing to happen. But... And I want to say... Um, it might have been Dark Souls 2 if you killed the emerald herald lady that you level up from then every time you wanted to talk to her you had to spend a certain number of souls to like temporarily bring her back to life or something ridiculous mm. yeah whereas in an elden ring they just don't give you the option to attack at all when you're in certain places yeah checking to make sure that we haven't missed any questions in the podcast section. Looks like they're all for uh, other podcasts. Oh wait, can you make quests do something about the sound levels being too quiet? It's the only podcast where I have to crank the volumes up to be able to hear it quality. We'll leave that up to be able yeah, to hear I'm it. Yeah, I'm going to work on that. Yeah, at least my microphone's a little better now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. I think the issue with that, because um, remember, I was saying I was having issues the other week, even like when I was in the Discord, is he must have your volumes turned down, but then it for I him have everyone's volumes turned fine, up. But then that doesn't—that's not translating out into the podcast. That's my theory. I don't know why. It also is is picking up my desktop audio. Yeah, I guess you just listen quietly, Wales. <laughs> I guess I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, just just All you have to do for that, you just have to make sure that your output in Discord matches your input in OBS or something. Yeah. We'll worry about it later. This is not an interesting discussion for people no. who are not in the podcast. <laughs> yeah. No, I just want to know how I can do it on my, like, if I have you guys do commentary on my Twitch channel, mm -hmm. I'm just not sure exactly what I need to click to get the discord audio included in the obs broadcast that's all but i'm pretty sure as long as the output device matches in one program and it's, it's, it's the same as the input device in the other program or something i don't know okay let's see how likely is it that netflix will drop whatever investments they have in video games i heard a lot of their shows have been experiencing budget cuts from a few years back and they were uh let's see um, I'm, I mean, I wouldn't trust them to be committed to anything. Like, they definitely have tried to up their investment 
in games over the past few years because they just need things to differentiate themselves since they don't make as much in-house content as the other streaming services, but uh, I I would not trust it to be something that they're super committed to. It's, uh, it's a spendy market, and it's a weird uh, way to try to disseminate games to begin with. Uh, work. What's that? How does the Netflix gaming even work? I don't know, because I've never attempted it. <laughs> Me neither. It just, like, installs an app on your phone or whatever. I, I assume that it's basically just streaming yeah. a game. It, it's not very interesting. No, it's not even streaming a game. It, like, just downloads an app on your mobile device. That's it. Oh, that's weird. I yeah, don't understand what it's kind of stupid. Yeah, that, that feels like something that gets cut next time at, at some arbitrary point where there's a round of budget cuts where it's like, why are we spending money on this? It doesn't attract customers. Uh, yeah. It's uh, the best example of something left out of the commercial. Somehow when talking about this topic, I always think of the huge power brick that comes with the power of Mac G4. I assume this is referring to things that, like... They're they're hiding some aspect of how the product functions because it's a pain in the ass. Uh, uh, I, th I think about every time I see like uh, any attempt to like sell VR, and it's like always hiding. Uh, at least back in like the late towns, where it's like it's always hiding the rat's nest of cables involved. They slowly moved away from that, but I remember bringing the PSVR home and trying to. Uh, actually hook up the like uh, system that had like multiple HDMI ins and outs and plugged in in like five different places and it was just a yeah. nightmare even once it was finished. That thing sucked. Yeah, it was. It was not an easy thing to work with. I almost barfed when I used that. I didn't have that issue. My stomach is made of cast iron, but I just wanted to play that add-on pack for Super Stardust or Ultra Stardust, or whichever one it was, and I'm like... Stardust, yeah. yeah, and I'm playing it like I almost threw up, and then I there was that EVE Online space shooter flight simulator type game. I almost threw up playing that. I'm like, oh, god damn it. I played RE7 entirely in VR and had a great time that way. And that didn't make you barf because nope. of the content, not because of the motion sickness? <laughs> I mean, I, I after since I was also streaming it at the time, after the first time I saw a shovel go through a man's head, I immediately looked away the next time since I died on that fight. Uh, but that was more for the stream audience's benefit. Um, no, I immediately turned off like the waypoint jumping movement that most VR games have because it's irritating and unimmersive for me, and that's like kind of the fun of VR. Uh, Did he freeze? Oh, hold on. I didn't switch output in one of the streams. Good work. Oopsies. Okay. There you go. Enjoy. Missing the uh, questions. Okay, it went no, it went no. Damn it. Okay. Uh, okay. I have four the other day, but I just kept like 
dying because I was trying to do some like level grinding so I maxed out enemy levels and I was trying to find a level where I could actually kill things without dying and level up my weaker people and it just didn't pan out. Hey, oh, it's well. the Disgaea spinoff. It's basically, uh, what's it called? Ghosts and Goblins. Yes. It's the sequel okay. whose name I don't want to read off. <laughs> yeah, that, that felt like one of the things where it's just like, yeah, I, I could not imagine someone asking for this in a store and not yeah. dying of shame. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to remember, I'm pretty sure I bought it off Amazon, the original PSP version. So Did you get the special edition? For the original? Was there one? No, for the sequel. No. <laughs> no, I think no, I think there was I think it was only as I don't know. I have a Lego I haven't built of a printy. That's special edition of the second one came with exactly what you think it came with. Yes, no, I did not buy that. No, why? Why? Uh, see, moving on. Uh, we talk about how important it is to look stylistic in a beat 'em up. Game. No, that's not what that, that's not the button I meant to press. Uh, how important it is to look stylistic in a beat em up or hack and slash game. I recently played Matrix Path Neo, and that game has a ton of flaws, but the combat feels satisfy so satisfying that I'm willing to look past the flaws. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, the, the animations looking good is an extremely important part of action games. If an attack doesn't, like, part of an attack feeling good to pull off is that it looks cool when it happens. Like, that's why Devil May Cry puts so much emphasis on style. Uh, that's why, you know, things that are uh, in that same vein, like back in the day Ninja Gaiden, like, that was less style-focused, but at the same time, like, it tried to make sure that if you're doing well, it looks cool. It's, it's super important. That's actually something I would agree that uh, Matrix Path of Neo is surprisingly good at, especially because no one had real expectations for it after uh, playing Enter the Matrix uh, made every human being who did that much less interested in the Matrix. Uh, but yeah, big fan of Matrix Path of Neo, actually. Yeah. And I will never stop laughing at the fact that they uh, made the first thing you do in that game uh, be the option to take the blue pill instead. And Morpheus just gets very, very upset about the whole thing. And then play, the game's over. <laughs> awesome. Uh, but yeah, that's also fun because uh, they, they had like their own little creative breaks from the uh movie canon like uh if you do one of the opening stages uh well enough you don't get captured by the agents at the start uh and then there's the absolutely surreal final boss if you have not ever experienced that that's worth seeing uh but yeah big fan of that and yeah it's, it's super important like i think a lot about uh another one that was really emphasis of like how much style affects the substance of these things uh call it? Oh, is, uh, how to describe this uh the the batman arkham uh combat system is not 
amazing in terms of like actual functionality, but the uh, the it, it, it players look good doing it. Like it's very easy to look like you know what you're doing doing it, and that makes it more satisfying to players. Uh, Final Fight Streetwise has no drip. That's accurate. Uh, that that game was just a mistake. That game was a mistake from a number of different different angles. Uh, don't play Final Fight Streetwise. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. See, while we're talking about the Matrix, what non-Japanese, non-Grand Theft Auto game has the most references to different movies? It's Conker's Bad for a Day. That game is basically movie reference movie references tied together with a very threadbare plot. Like, there's a there's an entire section of the game called Saving Private Rodent. Yep. Like it's either that or like Gex if you're cheating, but Gex is usually not as specific, it's usually broad genre parodies rather than specific movie parodies, whereas, like, Conquered Bad for a Day was just specific movie reference followed by specific movie reference. Yeah, and it ends with, um, with the with alien Conan and the thing. Barbarian. Oh, oh yeah, there's Conan, it starts with the Conan the Barbarian thing and ends with it as well. And right. then the final boss fight is from Alien. Uh, it's, yeah, it's inescapable. It's constant. Uh, yeah. I played that Matrix Unreal Engine 5 tech demo thing, and it was really uh, neat. And I, yeah, <laughs> I just wasn't sure what, like, you can't really do anything in the game, and I wasn't sure if that was going to be the foundation for an actual game or not, but who knows. I'm sure the idea was floated after it, but if it does end up happening, we're not going to see it for at least another four years. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not sure that Matrix Awakening did well enough for them to... Matrix Resurrection? Resurrections, yeah, whatever it was. I don't even I remember it, the name. That's how forgettable it was. I think I think it did well enough, it, but it's one of those things like it, it was it pretty be, good, yeah, but it wasn't great. It would scarcely be relevant how well it did because it has enough cultural cachet that WB is going to do something with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is also kind of what the movie was about, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, 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 you know, it's iconic enough that I'm sure there's all sorts of ambitions about how to go about, quote-unquote, re revitalizing the franchise. Let's see. Uh, which third-person game has the worst auto-lock-on system? Man, that'd be tough. Oh, I've played a lot of really bad ones. You got something, Wales? You were saying No, something? I can't think of anything. Like, there's a ton of I can't PS1. Think of anything specific? No, I don't there's, know. There's a ton of PS1 era things that I've played where it's just like I'm just trying to hit things. I think the thing that has the least excuse. Uh, this isn't the worst one I've encountered, but it's just the game with the least excuses. The original PS2 Yakuza game, the very first one, like. It's very easy to start a combo, and then your enemy gets nudged slightly out of the way, and Kiryu doesn't have any sort of capacity to correct for that, so you just sort of are desperately punching the air while someone beats you in the ass. Not recommended. Uh, 
How many people actually like Matrix and how many people just watch the trilogy to understand the memes? That feels like a question, like, this is, this is more just like, this, this feels like a generational divide question. I have no idea how old Fireminer is, but like, people, people, when I was growing up, they fucking loved the Matrix. <laughs> yeah, I really liked I? it. Yeah. I, I was it. in like movie. eighth grade when it came out on VHS tape, okay? Yeah, no, and... I like the original Matrix is still fantastic. I watched it a couple years ago and it's like, oh, yeah, two and three. Oh, two and three are garbage. Yeah, those are hot garbage. Mm. Yeah. Nobody I, I don't even have strong opinions on that. It's just like I think that like at the very least, uh you know, any anyone who was around for the original Matrix like is aware that at the very least that first film uh, the, the fandom for it is entirely sincere. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a... That movie blew my mind. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's still a great little movie. Uh, regardless of your opinions on any of the follow-up media, the, the original is still a great little movie. Uh, Second one is really fun. It's just got a lot of stupid parts in it and some bad CGI in a few bits. Mm -hmm. that, was, that was kind of inevitable given the time period at least for the CGI parts. Yes. Yes, at, at the time it was probably good and CGI. a lot of the story elements still make sense if you're not a computer programmer. Yeah, nerds. Nerds. But yeah, and then uh, what, what we're saying is that updates to the Matrix should not have been pushed to production. Um... <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, I understand that uh, reference. I figured you would, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'll say something about it. But yeah, and it's it's one of those things that like it it's honestly useful watching if you care about action movies from any point in the past twenty years because say uh, as far as uh, action movies in the U.S. go. It was very influential about how they functioned for a very long time. And still kind of echoes through them to some greater or lesser extent. Um... Do we want to hit any more questions or are we done? This looks like a lot. Yeah, the, these questions look like a lot, so I think that's probably about enough for the night. Uh, oh, Fireminer had one more thing to say. If I want to see a Keanu Reeves movie being remade, I would just watch OG Fast and Furious after uh, Point Break. What? I, yeah, I, I don't. I know Keanu was in Point Break. I'm not sure what Fast and Furious that Fireminer's talking about, but. Uh, yeah, I'm sure that uh, a Matrix uh, reboot is definitely being kicked around somewhere. Uh, Fast and the Furious, did he mean to say speed? That might also be what the, the joke was by saying OG Fast and Furious. Oh. Oh. I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm saying that you might be right. I, I missed the joke, oh. but that might be what the, that might be <sighs> the Fireminer's joke. What? About. Speed 2? Oh, okay. We're not watching Speed 2 recently. <laughs> oh, Speed 2 didn't have Keanu, remember? Yeah, I know. 
Oh, 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 Fireminer's saying that Fast and Furious copied Point, Bra Point Break's story beat for beat. I've never seen Point Break, so maybe. <laughs> Hard to did, see, did you see River's Point Edge? Break's about street racing? What? I mean, Fast and Furious, Fast and the Furious's uh, story is framed around street racing, but that's not what it's really about. Yeah, I know. But, yeah. Um, what's I going to say? I've not seen River, whatever the hell you just said. River's <laughs> Edge. I think it was Earth one of Edge. Keanu's first movies, and it's about yeah, you get a group of friends, and one of the friends kills his girlfriend. Wow! And they all like agree to secrecy, but it all drives drives them all crazy. I know oh, what you did friend. last summer. It's, well, this was before that, I think. Oh, okay. Also, that I don't think River's Edge was a splasher movie. <laughs> no. Johnny Mnemonic. Johnny Mnemonic. Johnny Mnemonic is funny, at least. Uh, everyone Nick go back and play time. the. Everyone go back and play the bad FMV PC game Johnny Mnemonic that does not feature Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Don't actually do that, but it is it is a weird ass game. Chain reaction with Morgan Freeman and Keanu Reeves. <laughs> And the guy whose name I can't remember, he's on Succession. Uh, well, it's, it's, we seem to have located the thief in this pretty game. Phantom Thief. The Phantom Thief. Phantom Thief Blue Blanc? Oh man, it's no, no, it's, it's a crossover with Persona 5, clearly. No, it feels more like a Phantom Thief Blue Blanc joint. You haven't run into Phantom Thief Blue Blanc yet, he's a Trails character. Uh, okay. <laughs> At this point, I'm just taunting you with uh, future knowledge. God damn it! What is this crappy mobile game thing they're doing to Persona Five? Oh, the Phantom X. It's something being made by like some East Asian developer. Yeah, it's that game it none of us so. are going to be playing. So why are you wasting? Why it are you wasting so. energy thinking about it? Why are you wasting our time on it? Yes. Well, you're not going to play it. I'm not going to play it. Dave's not going to play it. Like, if it gets ported to Switch, I might fuck around with it for a yeah. minute. <laughs> okay. Just move on. Otherwise, it's not for me, so whatever. It's going to be some cheap Anyone garbage. Anyone who's going to play it would be me. Yes, Yeah, that does true. seem like a Tam choice. Tam will let us know if it's actually any good. Okay. And how and how miserably uh, exploitative the gotcha bit is. Yes. Uh, I mean, I'm, yeah. playing, I'm playing Nike and Neural Cloud. Those are words. I, I know what Nike is. I'm not even. I I don't have space in my brain to keep track of Neural Cloud. My Johnny Mnemonic uh, brain hard drive is full. Um, well, Neural Neural Cloud like broke me emotionally. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. I don't. I don't have space in my brain to fully comprehend it. You cannot comprehend the. You cannot comprehend the true form of Neural Cloud's attack. What was that, Fun. Fun. Oh, yeah, it's fun. But, yeah, uh, I think I think we're just about done for the night, so... Uh, Is it safe? I'll be cheering you on from the shadows. That does not answer my question. <laughs> that means no. <laughs> okay, moving on. Uh... Well, if we're pretty much done, tell me about uh, pizza parlors and princesses. 
Yeah, someone has to, since poor Gaijin was uh, busy this week. Princesses of the Peach Parlor is a uh, series of uh, novellas av available mm. via Kindle and Kindle Unlimited. Uh, if you enjoy uh, the vicarious experience of a tabletop group, uh, this is one that you can get into where you're guaranteed to not find out that any of them are sex predators, so that's always nice. Uh, and, you know, just enjoy the, the charming work of our dear friend uh, Michael uh, Michael Baker, a.k.a. as you will find him on Amazon, Michael Yarimizu, Y-A-R-I-M-I-Z-U, because good luck Googling uh, Michael Baker and finding a specific one. Needle in a haystack of a name. Uh, but yeah, check that out. Uh, there's, you can get it in Kindle format as an ebook, or you can via, you know, as an individual purchase or as part of Kindle Unlimited, uh, or you can get it as a uh, paperback if that is your preference. Uh, but you know, give, give them a shot. They're, by all accounts, breezy reads and quite charming. So I can confirm. So yeah, give those a look. Why? Uh, why am I playing this game? <laughs> I, I don't know. You could have just been playing Disgaea 6. Yeah, I didn't want to start a battle. Oh. This could take a while. Okay, sure. It's a little late. Uh, doing that. So, yeah. Uh, Joe, yeah, tell us about... Disgaea what 6, if it's going to take a while, you can put it on auto and walk away. No. That, why, why would I do that? Okay, moving on. Uh, Joe, no. tell us about where we can find you. You can find me on twitch.tv slash smokeandjoegamer. That's all one word. And no zeros or ones or anything, just all letters. So, um, easy to find. Easier SEO. <laughs> pretty easy to find, yeah. And it's a picture of an Xbox avatar playing a guitar. And the, the banner image is from Sonic Mania, obviously. And I have nine followers now. Yippee. So... Keep moving. Um, and I do plug, I do plug you guys on my show. So you know. Yeah. And we'll try favor. to keep remember to return the favor. Yes, definitely. And then I added a link to YouTube. So if you go to the Twitch profile, you should be able to just tap that or click it. That will take you to Smoke and Joe Gamer on YouTube um, at Smoke and Joe Gamer four seven zero five, where I have six subscribers and hundred and twenty two videos. Wow. <laughs> And that's where you can get the archives, in case you miss something. Yep, so... Um, yeah, I, I'm trying to stream three or four nights a week. I was going to start doing Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. That way I don't conflict with shenanigans or Q&A Quest. Much appreciated. Um, we'll see how that goes. And I, I try to start around 8 or 9, so I can be done by 11. Sometimes I go later or whatever. Those times are in eastern United States, for the record. Yes, I'm in uh, Connecticut, so... Um... I'm dox you, send them your social security <laughs> number. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, so give those a look. He's a, he's a friendly guy, charming, charming streamer, so... Yeah, except when I get spammed, then I'm mean. I mean, that's 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 okay. most people. Welcome to welcome to Twitch, friend. I know, and and when people are like, "Hey, can I join your game?" It's like, no, uh, no not not right now, man. <laughs> Let's see, uh, Sky of Four, no. my favorite. 
Fireminer says, I know some channels that have been uploading game videos weekly for 10 to 12 years and just have over a thousand subs. Yeah, it's, it's a real roulette. Yeah. Yep. Uh, let's see. Okay. Uh, Tam, can you tell us about the stream schedule? Tam, you must be busy. Gamer has streams. They happen uh, yeah. most every day. <laughs> Uh, and uh, Q and A quest is well. I, I'll get back there. Talk about that in a second. Yeah. Uh, so you know, uh, I definitely like since I am often busy at work. I don't have as much time to pay attention to the streams as I would like. But the ones that I do manage to see are always a good time. Uh, a lot of uh, there's there's stuff to fit the tastes of anyone who enjoys RPGs and streaming. So you know. Uh, do some sampling, you'll find plenty. Yes. Um, let's see. Uh, wheels, let's talk shenanigans. Uh, wheels, have you tried Tears to Zero 2? It has it on my <laughs> PS3. Oh, uh, someone, I reviewed someone... that game, Fireminer. I remember when Wheels was reviewing that game. It was it was not a Wheels game, by which I mean I remember talking to him while he was playing it, and he fell asleep. Uh, <laughs> I like that game. I also don't like that game. It's. Damn. Uh, sorry, I have to now. I have to talk about it. Oh lord! That game does a really poor job of balancing being a visual novel and being a strategy RPG, they're not well integrated to the point where you'll be doing a major story battle and finish it and then it switches to visual novel stuff and the battle ends in a completely different fashion. It's like... Oof, that's, that's bad integration. That's yes. Weird. Not just that, it's just, it's too... There's sections where the visual novel just takes too long. Like, I, I understand that this is a game. Very much understand this is a game where there's going to be lots of text. But it, it's Not just... compelled enough by the text. <laughs> it, it needed a better, much better edit. The story could easily have been edited down a lot. Like, uh, I don't know. You did play it though because Sting was involved. Yes, yes. The the Sting the combat was great. The story was interesting. The story was good. There was lots of good parts about the story. It was just not concise enough. Mm -hmm. Like it's not. It's not just that it was long. It was that it was that like. Say here's the scene where a character gets attacked, and then we have to talk about this thing. It's it's like. You're spending like hours talking about this, and nothing is happening. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I know. I know the original was like some weird adult novel or something, but saucy visual novel. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I don't. I don't know. the The pieces for a very good game are there. It just needed. Sorry, my needs work. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. So. Yeah, I wanted to like it a lot more than I did, but, you know, I didn't hate it completely. Mm -hmm. So give, uh, 
Uh, if we could get a quick rundown from Tam about a more detailed rundown of what uh, uh, what the RP Gamer streams are like, that would be helpful. Yeah, so uh, at twitch.tv slash rpgamer, you can catch myself and several others uh, doing streams pretty much all the time. Uh, I play a lot of just random RPGs from my collection. Uh, right now I'm playing the strategy RPG Relayer. Uh, actually almost done with it. Uh, we also have uh, Paul's who has been playing our uh, boss who's been playing through Tactics Ogre on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays for the most part. Uh, we have Spare Ombres who's doing dungeon crawlers. We also have uh, Hairfrog who d does a couple different games. He does like um, a chill Sunday stream right now. He's doing Pokemon. Actually, he may have just finished Pokemon. And then uh, he's been doing a lot of Disgaea. And then uh, we have uh, Scar, who uh, does two days a week a uh, retro wheel. And I'm not sure what he's playing on Sunday. So, yeah, just and then uh, Hero Harmony is doing a Final Fantasy run right now with uh, some, some mods uh, on a first time playthrough of Final Fantasy VII ever. And we're, oh, wow. OG. Oh, wow. we're doing OG Final Fantasy VII, by the way. Mm -hmm. so, so, yeah, a whole bunch of different people um, doing streams. Um, so, you know, give us a like and follow and catch us. And, you know, usually something pretty good. Uh, some of us more entertaining than others. Um, I am probably the least entertaining because I play the games. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm always willing to be there to, if someone has questions or something, I'll be more than happy to talk about the game I'm playing or just random things in general. So there's worth, there's worth in being a highly interactive streamer. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. uh, RP, RP gamer and RPG stream for all seasons. Uh, Pretty much. And again, that's at uh, twitch.tv slash RP gamer. Yep. Or, where we are now uh, able to host uh, the Q&A quest once more. Uh, yes. Some scheduling, scheduling um, changes that have happened. Unfortunately, we uh, JC Servant has stepped away from streaming. Uh, I think it was just too much with his work schedule. That happens. Yeah. And so we will be there for the time being. If something else starts filling up the nighttime schedule on RP Gamer, we're, we will be gone. But we'll always be on Ask Wheels at the very least. Yes, and that's just, be, it's just because our schedule isn't always exact, so we don't want to take up time on the channel that someone else could be using on a regular basis. But yeah. we're happy to especially fill some since, space. Yeah, especially since um, not only is the days not always consistent, you know, the same day every week sometimes, but uh, sometimes we have we have to adjust the hours of when yep. it starts. Yeah, I think they'll yeah. start an hour or so early or something. And it shifts, so it's easier if we just uh, keep to our own schedule and slot yep. in if it works. Uh, yeah. Yep. Keep an eye on the um, Discord. I will try and post updates when things move around. Yeah. And we we do take the feedback about the sound seriously. We are trying. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's going to take us some weeks of troubleshooting to figure out what what ex or where exactly the issue is. Yeah, I can just. I mean, what I can do is just before 
doing any other editing just increase the just volume of the whole audio file everything yeah and then work off work from there <laughs> and we'll see how it goes yep uh let's see uh that leaves us with uh just the closing uh you can catch us uh <laughs> weekly currently we're on thursdays at uh, midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific. Uh, but we, you know, uh, as mentioned, we can shift around. We'll try to give advance notice when that happens if we have it. Uh, but if you get in the chat, you can ask us questions like Doomerang and Fireminer did. Always lovely to hear from you both. Uh, thank you both so much for being <laughs> consistent listeners and questioners. Uh, if you'd like to join them, just check out RP Gamer Ask Wheels during that time uh, and throw us questions. We try to keep track of what's going on in both streams. Uh, otherwise, you can uh, ask us questions via the podcast section of the Discord. Uh, you can get an invite to the Discord by going to rpgamer.com and clicking the Community tab. That should uh, get you an invite, and you know it's a great little community. Even if you don't uh, want to talk about, even if you don't want to ask us questions, there's plenty of like-minded individuals to discuss your favorite RPGs with. So give that a shot. Otherwise, and if you want to lurk and just see what everyone else talks about, that's perfectly fine too. There's plenty of activity there. Oh, and uh, towards the end of April, oh no, watch out for me streaming. An infamous game from the past. Oh Lord, oh, <laughs> sweet Jesus. Okay, uh, we'll get into that, but we're going to finish plugging where you can ask questions. You can also ask us questions under the comments section of this very episode on rpgamer.com itself. Uh, don't ask questions in like iTunes reviews or whatever. We don't typically check them. Uh, <laughs> that would be a weird place to do it, but I could see someone trying it. Um, but yeah. Uh, oh, shoot, uh, that reminds me. We should be, if you happen to use Amazon Music for podcasts, we should be available there. What the hell? That's I, terrible. <laughs> I don't know. I saw a link for it and set it up there. Whatever. Yeah, no, I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm saying it's terrible because now someone might accidentally hear us. Uh, <laughs> Would you prefer uh, Spotify? No. No? No, I refuse to. <laughs> sign up for Spotify. Wise choice. Uh, moving on. But yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that's how you can ask us questions. Uh, we always appreciate them. Uh, uh, thank you once again to Fireminer and Doomerang for providing our questions this week. Uh, thanks uh, Smoke and Joe for coming in on such short notice. And thanks as always for being around, Tam. Uh, yeah, no, glad I glad I could stop in. I would have jumped in on my ride home, but when I had it, uh, my car worked on last weekend. Apparently, my drivetrain runs louder now. Oof. Well, I appreciate your consideration for our sound quality woes. Um, <laughs> see, uh, and that leaves us with uh, wheels. Uh, wheels and I also do shenanigans. Uh, Joe also typically joins in. Tam sometimes, although not as often. I feel like I think he might be busy on Sunday nights. Hard to say. Hard to say. But 
shenanigans we just sort of play whatever strikes our fancy shenanigans, shenanigans. Uh, it's been resident evil of late so you can tune in and watch me be terrified oh man we, watching wheels watching wheels like be miserable playing the house beneviento section yes. uh, at one evil point village. i started playing the mario brothers rap <laughs> <laughs> just so that you would have something to distract you. Yes, from just to cut the tension. <laughs> yes. Uh, you'll be hooked on the brothers. Uh, yeah. So that's that, that was fun. It was fun uh, slowly just sort of prodding him through those puzzles and uh, watching him be profoundly upset when the big event from that section happens. Uh so yeah, good, good times. Uh, that's typically uh, midnight Eastern, nine Pacific on Sundays. Uh, oh, that's an interesting article that just popped up on my Mastodon feed. Microsoft Microsoft is experimenting with Windows handheld mode for Steam Deck. Yeah, I mean, they have Neat. a multitude of reasons to want to do that. Not the yeah. least of which is they would rather that uh, Valve's foothold into uh, being the be-all and all of PC gaming, not be further expanded. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so yeah. Otherwise, I think that about wraps it up for us tonight. So see ya, Space Cowboys. See ya. Bye.